no idea when Dev starts on this. Oh, me neither. Is it now? It can't be now. There's no way. Wait, it's coming up. Okay, hold on. Okay. Places. Places. The history of film. That better who even when the lights go dim. James Cagney to, to Nosferatu and stunts that shock you and dirty, dirty tricks studios made. From wings, wings to Top Gun, movie stars and no ones, romantic crazy fans that leave no real a ton. Hollywood is still from history in Hollywood. They chase the Oscar, but it's all a sham, just like Shaq and Kazam. All your dreams can come true. Film history, the history of film, all of it made for you. Good God, that was terrible. Welcome to Film History, the history of film. This is going to be Humphrey Bogart, Part 3. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to Part 1 and Part 2. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's looking good out there. And uh, this is going to be Part 3 of 4, by the way. I, I'm almost certain of it. Uh, this one got <laughs> this one got a lot more lengthy. Got I, a lot more girthy. I kind of imagine that would happen because we still have to cover his the beginning of his actual film acting yeah. career. Yeah, yeah. His career career and then his relationship with uh um uh smoky mcsmokers yeah yeah uh um what's her name i'm gonna let keep going with it smoky logan bacall yeah no logan bacall uh, so close so close uh, lauren bacall lauren Lauren bacall Bacall. (laughs) (laughs) logan paul bacall (laughs) she smoked and she boxed that's what she did and she took over youtube by god <laughs> she lived to see YouTube. She oh. died in like 2014. Oh, so she, theoretically, she could have met Logan Paul. She could have met Logan she Paul. She could have had the honor. Lauren meeting. Bacall meeting Logan Paul. <laughs> That's a. Dev, there's your vocal warm up. <laughs> Lauren Bacall meets Logan Paul. <laughs> Paul up next, Bacall the doors. In a mall with a doll. <laughs> uh, she boxed Logan Paul. Oh, uh, but this is bogey part three, y'all. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. That's how she died. <laughs> yeah, honestly, man, the main meat for this story is going to be part four. Cool. But uh, if you're here for bogey and Bacall, that's going to be part four. Uh, I just, it just, I couldn't believe it. it, uh, it kept... I couldn't believe it. It was just like, it just kept going. I threw a rock in a in a cave, and it just kept going and going and going, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but also, you know, that's kind of that that also lends to the new way that we do the show. Things have evolved. Mm-hmm. Cagney was part three, uh, three parts. Mm-hmm. And this is like as beefy as the CAG for mm-hmm. sure. But we've got new stuff. We do yeah. when are we? Mm-hmm. We do, yeah. you know. We do st- we do different we, we stuff, do now. stuff now, and also we <laughs> like to try to keep it under four hours long. Right, so yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. give you parts the, yeah, instead. CAG could have been four parts, probably. That's actually if, true. If, yeah, if we cut up the same way. Yeah, so. I think one of those episodes was like six hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was so, like hey, cool... you got a whole month of of uh, of, of uh, hoagie. Yeah, yeah, bogey. yeah. We got bogey a whole yeah, month. Yeah. Uh, I've I have spent a month with this man. Mm-hmm. I've gotten to know this man. It's been a roller coaster. Month of April is bogey appreciation month. Bogey appreciation month. Just bled I, into May a little bit. I had I had a roller coaster of emotions with this guy. <laughs> it was just like, you know, there's times where I thought I hated him, and then it came all the way back around to like, no, he's great. And uh, I will get into it today. Scratch that. I don't think he was a big woman abuser. Oh, cool. Um, Good. Good to hear. Yeah. He had a third marriage that got 
very bad, very mm. physical. But I'll get into that. Mm, uh, we're okay. gonna we're gonna talk about that. Okay. Maybe even do a little pure conjecture. Who knows? Okay, cool. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's been too long since we've had just pure conjecture on here. Yeah. You know? um, a quick aside: uh, Have you guys been paying attention to the Amber Heard testimonies? Oh man, it's yeah. been so funny. So a trend on TikTok now is to reenact the testimony as she's saying it. Oh, so the like walk. The like, so he slapped me, and then I turned around. So then I sat on the floor. Like I was on the couch, and I remember just being on the carpet. And it's just like, like it's very funny pantomiming, like what she's saying. Like oh, and it makes Lord. no sense. Like when you actually see it being played out, like it's it's a word scramble. It's some Orwellian shit watching this <laughs> trial, though. It is crazy. Just like watching like one of the biggest movie stars on the planet. You know, just like now he's like. Five days a week on our TV in a in a suit on in the courtroom on fucking uh, Judge Judy. <laughs> Just being like, I I thought she only farted, but it actually turned out she shit the bed. <laughs> and I I came home and there was a, a turd in the bed. And it's like Johnny Depp. Like that's Johnny Depp. It's fucking like Jack Sparrow up there. Oh man. <laughs> anyway, back to the cag. Anyway, back to the cag. Back to the bogue. Back to the bogue, <laughs> dude. Uh, I'm gonna correct one more thing here while we're correcting stuff. I, I don't have many corrections, by the way. We did pretty good the last time around, but I do have one big correction, and it's on one of my sources. I called the biography that I've been using to research this, the book that I've you know been reading, mm-hmm. "A Man with a Gun," was not called that. Uh, the book is called "Tough Without a Gun." By Stefan Kanford. Literally the opposite. <laughs> Literally the opposite thing. I was just like, man with a gun. But um, that, It makes more sense. I I don't know why. If you're going to write a bio- autobi- or biography about him, like man with a gun seems like there's probably so many other things in his life you could focus yeah, on. Yeah. Except for the fact that he may or may not have owned a gun. Yeah. So. Well, and he he always played the man with the gun. Mm, you know. Okay. I, I just watched a movie where the man literally had like five guns on him. <laughs> like literally. That's part of the movie. He's like, he takes everyone's gun and now he has a coat full of guns. It's like, I'm Johnny Five Guns. <laughs> Johnny Five Guns. Where's the money? Where's the gold? <laughs> um, so, yeah, and like I said, I said uh, I've got some details here today about his marriages. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did some digging. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna get into all that stuff. Um, one of his one of his wives they nicknamed Sluggy uh, because she used to punch him a lot. Ah. And uh, they actually nicknamed their house the Sluggy Hollow. Was, I can't wait to tell you all about that. First, let's get into a little. What are we? <laughs> 1929 is where I'm going to take you today, first and foremost. This is the twilight of the Roaring Twenties and the beginning of the Great Depression. Cool. So we're coming out of the fun times and into the bad times. Uh, there's also a bit of a pandy going on at the time. Oh, yeah. The old influenza. Yeah, the, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Killing 200,000 people this year in 1929. Uh you know. A tragedy that would never be repeated yeah. in all of history. <laughs> There'll never be a plague again. And we uh, and we will learn so much from this, and we'll be so prepared for the next yeah. one. What do you guys think will be the next plague? Uh, I think it'll be more serious. Yeah. I think it'll be something that's like a far like deadlier thing, yeah. and it will be the end of society. That's ev- that's uh, evolution for sure. Because if 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 like if smallpox happened today, like we'd just be done. Like we would just yeah. we would just be dead. Like it's yeah. society's over. Like it, that happened, man. <laughs> fucking King Henry the Eighth almost got taken out by the fucking. They just called it like the cough and die disease. The or cough some and shit. die disease. Yeah, yeah. It it's like, like we, we're we're not 
we're not smart enough to to live through something as deadly as smallpox anymore. Yeah, like we're, yeah. we we lost we lost the thread somewhere along the way. Yeah, you know. Well, it'll get us all anyway. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> 1929, the inauguration of Herbert Hoover as president. Another uh, pandemic to happen to America. <laughs> he was he wasn't great, right? He wasn't good. No, yeah. they they blamed him for a lot of the shit that happened in the in the uh, Great Depression. They mm. they used to call things. They would give him fun nicknames after him, like uh, newspaper uh, covering yourself up on a park bench with a newspaper. They called that a Hoover blanket. <laughs> and uh, they actually Hoovervilles. Oh were, yeah, right, that was yeah. that was they named him yeah. lovingly after Hoover. Right, because then, he's the one. Who and then the mid two thousands band Hoover stank. Yeah, Hoover stank. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Hooba steak. <laughs> That'll be another. We need to do the Hooba steak, the history of Hooba steak. <laughs> See, that one's going to be a short lived episode. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, 10 minutes. 10 minutes. <laughs> we'll keep it tight. So there was this band named Hoobastank. They did some stuff and then they sucked even more. So there you go. The, the end. end. Some people are offended out there. They're like, how fucking dare you? They've got like Hooba Stink going in the background while they're listening to this episode. I can't even, right off the top of my head, tell you the best Hooba Stinks. Weren't they the guys that were like, I'm not a perfect person? Was that that them? them? I think that was them. That song, Hooba Stink. (laughs) That song, Hooba Sucked. Yeah, dude. The reason. Oof. I, man, you know, Leonard Skinner died in a plane crash, and these guys are still out there walking the earth after making some shit like that. I, I believe that they turned on Hoobastank during the flight, and that's probably what caused the fucking plane to short circuit and just nosedive. Yeah, like, yeah. This music will Hoob- make anything tank. Prove me wrong that Hoobastank directly caused September the 11th. Prove me wrong. Anyway. So. <laughs> That's really what the I terrorists just... were trying to kill. You <laughs> <laughs> were supposed to be on the plane that day? <laughs> oh, my God. Woo, we think man. they're gonna we're going to be on one of today. these four flights. We don't know which one, but let's get them all. Was <laughs> a time traveler. People on 9-11 are just freaking out right now. Sorry. It's like, I didn't go go back far enough, but it's too late to stop it. Oh, man. It's been over 20 years. We can't make jokes? Yeah, we can make some jokes. Let's Come on. If I don't laugh, I cry. Yeah. All right? You know, that's like what those cops said. Dev, you'd be interested in this one, man. The independence of Vatican City was declared this year. So the sovereignty was recognized by the Italian government in the Lateran Treaty. I thought the Vatican was something from like 1750. Like I thought this had to have been an ancient, like an (laughs) ancient decree. Why are we? Because legal, but being a country, and this was when right after World War One, when they were forming the League of Nations. So the Vatican probably just like snuck their shit in. I mean, like we're a nation too, guys. We have more real estate than any of you. Yeah. And more money. And more pedophiles. (laughs) (laughs) Just move them around. They'll never notice. (laughs) Uh, Uh, We. The Vatican was the original uh, Epstein Island. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's the it's the oldest. You <laughs> the know? oldest. I think Epstein probably watched some uh, instructional tapes yeah, from yeah, the Vatican. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> how to run a cult. He was like, Epstein was like, how'd you guys get to be your own country? <laughs> like, come, come and find out. <laughs> come and find out. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was also the year of a very interesting death. Uh, Wyatt Earp died this year, 1929. The name sounds familiar. He was the Western folk hero. Uh, Tombstone is about Wyatt Earp. He was the the mm. the OK Corral, or uh, yeah, you know that big shootout that happened. It was like this eight second long shootout in history, but Whoa. it's like been you know it's like the stuff of legends type of shit. Eight and seconds is not a lot of time. No, that's what Tombstone's all about. It's all about what led up to the shootout, Whoa. and then the shootout happens. But in the movie, it's like 30 minutes. Oh, but in okay. real life, it was literally like... Right, because oh. all our guns take 40 minutes yeah, to reload. Exactly. We can only carry it at most five on a yeah, set of time. It might have been longer, a little, but it was literally like... It was a very short gunfight. Mm. But uh, he died this year. A lot of people don't know this about Wyatt Earp. Wyatt Earp lived long enough to where he was an advisor on westerns in the 20s. Mm. Uh, while they were, it, he was like, I was actually there. Here's how it happened. Yeah, he came to set. He was like, you need more racism. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Much more. <laughs> Not racist enough. <laughs> I was there. I know. <laughs> uh, the song of the year was Making Whoopi by Eddie Cantor, a song about fucking. Yeah, I was about to say, and they and they think that that music is more degenerate now. It's always been degenerate. Yeah, this we've always just making songs about fucking. This was 1929's WAP. Basically. Yeah, exactly. That's honestly. Like, <laughs> like... <laughs> I was in a lift the other day, and the dude had WAP going, and I was like, I love this song, but it is a little interesting to hear it with strangers. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like driver, wet ass pussy. <laughs> it's uh, like when somebody like who's like doesn't isn't of the time period puts on like milkshake and yeah, it's like dancing exactly. around but milkshake brings exactly. on boys yard and it's yeah. just some old dude singing it and yeah like, what it's, it's out of place it's like an alien yeah <laughs> it's like you don't know what you're hearing but uh <laughs> but the biggest movie of the year was a soviet documentary called the man with a movie camera um, oh, yeah. I'm actually familiar with this. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, directed by Ziga Vertov. Uh, yeah, it, pre- it presents urban life in Moscow and the Ukrainian cities of Kiev and Odessa during the late 1920s, and it's literally just like a fly-on-the-wall documentary. It's mm-hmm. no actors, yeah. no like subject. It's just like society. And it's kind of like inspired a lot of like early film techniques and stuff, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, of, it was huge, mm-hmm. and it made it, I, he made a lot of money on it. Apparently, it's like too. a precursor to like French New Wave as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 19, uh, the cocaine was flowing. <laughs> 1929, it was flowing, and that morphine I mentioned. I double checked myself, and I was way right. I didn't. Yeah, I did. It, it was these, a, these movies are pretty boring to be made by someone on cocaine. <laughs> to be honest, I would expect more. That's movement. actually very true. If you try to get coked up and watch that movie, you're gonna go nuts. More of an edibles movie for sure. In 1929, Al Capone was arrested this year for tax evasion. and um, The worst thing he ever did. The worst thing he ever did. He never committed any other crimes. He was an innocent man. <laughs> Can't who, prove nothing. Yeah. He just, uh, his brain slowly rotted away, and he shit the bed quite a few times. Wait, what? Oh, yeah, yeah. He, used to, he, was, he, was, he was gone, bro. He was gone. Wait, what happened to him? Yeah. Oh, uh, syphilis. Ah. Yeah. Oh, syphilis is that to your brain? Yeah. Whoa. Oh, yeah. If, well, untreated. Ah. They were like... Penicillin was already invented, and they were like, "Hey, bro, do you want some penicillin, or you're gonna go nuts and die?" And he's like, "I don't have syphilis." 
I'm good. And then, like, he would, yeah, he was, like, in a wheelchair drooling, like, shitting himself. Whoa. And they were like, we could still do the penicillin, probably. And he's like, nah, I'm good. Whoa, I had no idea yeah. syphilis was that Oh, crazy. yeah, no, that ain't your brain. <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm sipping real hard right now, man. I don't want any of that penicillin. Yeah. It yeah. goes from one brain to the other. It starts in your dick and goes to your head. It's like the reverse <laughs> of a boner. <laughs> it's the two-head disease. Oh my God, that's that's crazy. How how does how does that work? Because those sex diseases make your brain rot. Oh, that's why the the Catholics thought it was a you know sin. Oh, yeah, I, I just made that up, but it sounded I mean, right, right? Makes sense. That's <laughs> early early religion starting to make more sense there now. There you go. James like, was it. one of the heads of the Spanish Inquisition in the last past life. <laughs> Can you imagine that job? Just like just chopping people's heads off all day. Wait, what? The Spanish Inquisition? No, not anything about that. Oh man, well that's what? a whole different. That's that's a lot. <laughs> that's, that's a, a lot. We'll, that's a history of everything podcast. Yeah, for sure. yeah, right. dude. Let's write that down. The Spanish Inquisition. Actually, let's it's absolutely like three hundred years would, of like mass murder and burning yeah, witches. Three hundred. Yes, of like torture what? and fucking death. Oh, they didn't man. get tired of it. Three hundred years. Never, man. People were like, let it ride. Let it go. Nope. I mean, <laughs> it was more than that, bro. It started in 1478 and it ended in 1834, technically. God Almighty, man. Oof. <laughs> we'll put a pin in that. Go back to it later. Yeah, we'll. We're. That's gonna be a good one. That's gonna be a fun good fact. One. There was a pope uh, that existed. He was called Pope Innocent the Eighth ironically enough and he was so fucking gnarly and evil during this time that when he was dying he drank his doctors quote unquote told him that since blood is life you should drink blood to wow. you know make yourself healthy again so he drank the blood of young boys wow Fun, true that's fact. so metal they are so metal, dude. They just dude. lived so hard. <laughs> like, damn. Somebody just needed to go back and be like, chill. <laughs> chill. Like, before you do that, just relax. Try anything else. Try anything else. I mean, the biggest I, irony is his name was Pope Innocent VIII. Like, that's innocent. Hilarious. That's a, that's he, a name he that drank the blood choose. of the innocent. That's, <laughs> that's hilarious. Popes choose their name when they get elected into being a pope. Yeah. So he chose He's that like, at the start of it and then ended up like, being like one of the like, fucking biggest <laughs> murderers in, in history. He's like, it's a misdirection. <laughs> yeah. I am an innocent. Nothing to see. <laughs> Bring me another boy <laughs> with the thickest blood. <laughs> He started a war between the French king and the king of Naples that killed, like, tens of thousands of people. All because, like, Jesus. the king of Naples was disrespectful to him. I, I want your bloodiest boys. <laughs> the bloodiest boys. I want you your got. most blood-sacked filled boys. <laughs> Bring in that's the boys. The, oh, my God, it's getting dark. I was like, that's where all the pedophilia came from. They started there. Yeah, and then was, like, yeah, we're going to bang them, and then we're going to kill them. <laughs> Okay. I'm going to say terrible things, so we have to stop. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to say, at least they're not getting their blood drank anymore. Well, we don't even know that. Hey, no. they Vatican's could be. a sovereign nation. Christine Allen's a sovereign nation. Yeah, talk so about being anyway. super fucked up. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll clip Vatican all that. guys, um, <laughs> being fucked up since 00 AD. 
<laughs> oh my god! I was watching the new season of It's Always Sunny, and there was a lot of Epstein Island jokes. Oh my god! Like they awesome. go there. I'm, oh, they always have, man. <laughs> There's been t- episodes on that show, that, and I thank God for it. Like I love it, but I'm just like that was allowed to air. Yeah. Like, uh, holy shit! Man. <laughs> I love that goddamn show. Those, yes. those guys and gal are heroes. They push it. American they push treasures. It and I love it. <laughs> Oh man! So, so, syphilitic Al Capone goes to prison for tax evasion, and uh, it is no wonder they were pissed off at him for tax evasion because this is also the year stock market crashes, uh, everything's going to shit, everything. Mm. The Great Depression is beginning, mm. um, and along with the stock market crashing, Broadway is also going to the gutters as well. They said. Uh, on Broadway, there were theater owners and producers and shit weeping, like, in the street. Like, just lost everything. This one guy was, like, uh, trying to kill himself. He just <laughs> lost, like, $75,000. It's so funny, but, like, I just, no, like, I, 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 I'm just imagining, like, it's, like, overnight. Like, it happens yes. overnight. People are in the theater, and then they just run out of the street panicking. Yeah. Just hear gunshots going off from inside the theater. Yeah, like, like see you for rehearsals tomorrow, and then mm-hmm. you come back, and it's like the fucking, yeah, like the mm-hmm. apocalypse is yeah. happening. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> to be a fly on the wall. To yeah. To be a fly on the wall, man. I mean, we, we kind of saw part yeah. two happen two years ago, you That's know what true. I mean? That is like, um, it, for a different reason, but it's like, if you were in the business of doing live shows, yeah. we got bad news about the next two years. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, shit, man. That's true. Yeah, it was bad, though. It was, uh, Broadway was dying. America was dying. We were all dead. It was the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcome to the show. 1929. Welcome to so. the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at this time... It's all bad. <laughs> it's all bad. And that's where... We're bringing you in with where Bogey's at right now in his life. Uh, he's married to wife number two at this point. Already number Already, two? number Holy two. shit. He would divorce, remarry. It was like chain smoking. It was just like, <laughs> let's just keep it going. Are, so uh, are the institutions of like alimony and like uh, like the, like the, the way divorce court kind of works now with like <laughs> the splitting of property and stuff, is any of that in place <laughs> at this point? Go ahead, Dev. <laughs> <laughs> they were just letting women vote, bro. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's right. true. Okay, yeah. There was no... <laughs> No so there's no repercussions to him divorce. He, nah, yeah, there's really. no repercussions to him getting divorced. He doesn't have yeah, there's no financial tie. You can't get married life. in the Catholic Church anymore. You're excommunicated from the church. Mm. That's, well, that's he was not a religious man. I was about to say, I'm sure that did not bother him. He was slightest. not a religious man, old bogey. <laughs> he was not like CAG. <laughs> he was at the yeah. nightclubs. Uh so he's married at this time. Wife number two is Mary Phillips, and she was an actress on Broadway, uh, about the same league as him, but a little bit more of a booker. She okay. was more. She was getting roles that were higher on the call sheet than him. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay. So a lot of people thought it was kind of like she was marrying her for clout. Yeah, yeah. He he knew that that could go in a in a good direction. Mm-hmm. You he's know? like, and there's no repercussions to divorcing yeah. in the 1920s. Who cares? I've done it once. I can do it again. <laughs> I quit drinking every day. You know. Uh, <laughs> so the Great Depression comes along. Both of their jobs are now at jeopardy. Um, they're both Broadway actors, and now it's like, what the fuck do we do? Uh, they both were for a few years. Mary actually did wind up. She could still get some work. Not all the theaters were gone. It was just like 
you know, the big ones were still around, but most of them had to close or were closed indefinitely, you know, mm-hmm. shit like that. Um, but it definitely wiped out a lot of Broadway. Now, is this just because people don't have the money to go see plays and exactly. stuff? Exactly, yeah. But uh, is it is it because plays are like you know, like such a more an expensive, like uh cost of entertainment because like movies thrive during the great depression. Well, right? You know what? Actually, it's not so much. People weren't going to go see it. I think it was the money that was tied up with the theaters. These, they, they, these theaters were invested in by like Astor's and shit. Uh, in New York. So their investors and, like, pulled out. Yeah. I their see. investors, everybody pulls their money out of everything that they've ever invested in. Mm-hmm. And that's what causes this shit. Uh, and now these okay. theaters also, you know, they're invested in as well. And that shit dries up, you know. Right. Okay. Uh, they either pull it or they've lost it. You mm-hmm. know, they might have lost all the money that they were investing into your shit. You yeah. Know? It was all bad, but uh, not good. The Great Depression was not good. That's a hot take here on film history. <laughs> history of film. The investors uh, are like, "Sorry, I got caught up in some lumber scam. <laughs> <laughs> I kept buying lumber for World War One, even all these years later." <laughs> it's Thank you. They, got, they kept saying it'll it's happen again. Happen again. <laughs> <laughs> a big thank you and cheers to Captain Fucknut Andrew Mellon, the Secretary of the Treasury who caused it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they should have. They should have like hung that guy. But uh, they, the <laughs> worst mean, they could do is only impeach him. I was like, what? Back yeah. in the, back when the day, what happened to this country? Back when this country was found, you were shot in a duel. Damn right. Yeah, <laughs> you had to go Bring fucking shoot each other duels. in the ribs. Yeah, are duels technically illegal, or just no one does them anymore? I bet if you, I bet if you did some digging, they're probably still legal. No, they yeah. are, like, but they have to be between <laughs> two lawyers, and what? it has to be only in certain states. I hope that's true. <laughs> yeah. New Jersey is definitely legal. They even say that in Hamilton. Everything's legal in Jersey. That's why they dueled there. That's why Hamilton dueled there. Man. If you are a lawyer out there and you know if you can legally yeah. get a duel or not, let us Call know. Call us. one 800 film history the history of film. Up next, the duel. Uh, okay, it's definitely legal in Texas. I found one. Oh, my God. This is sections 22.01 in their penal code. And mutual combat laws have been allowed, and that just doesn't, it's not armed, but you can still go fight somebody in like a dual setting. And Washington State is one of those for sure. Should we go film a documentary on this? Film somebody doing a duel these days, a modern day duel? Talk someone into doing a duel. (laughs) Why doesn't this happen more often in Texas? I feel like this would still be like a way to settle disputes. They would love this shit. I'm sure it it. does. And we just doesn't hit national news because it's like, "Ah, well, these two guys, just another duel. Texas is open carry now. It's technically anybody can do a duel. (laughs) Yeah, no, actually, that's very true. Actually, yeah, the legality of duels is just we were shooting at each other. Like, that honestly is what it comes down to in Texas. Yeah, yeah. We both had guns pointed at each other. Dude, only 18 states uh, outlawed duels in 1859 (laughs) since then. There's 50 fucking states. Where you can legally duel. You, you can, you can legally duel in more states than you can legally get an abortion. <laughs> yeah, why the fuck is weed illegal everywhere but we can duel? God almighty. Oh my god. Uh, anyway. Anyway. So like I said, Mary is still catching rolls, but Bogey sees that everyone's moving to L.A., and film is, like you said, basically untouched at this point. People are still making big-ass movies mm-hmm. and making a lot of money off of them, even mm-hmm. through the Depression, you know. So... 
But it's just, like you can't be depressed in California, dude. Exactly, it's too sunny dude. here. Yeah, man. There's no homeless people in LA, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but Bogey said, "I gotta go," and uh, she had a show. Mary can't leave New York. She's she is like under contract. Uh, but he does not have a show, and he says, I'm going to go to Hollywood, you know, see what I can get out there. And uh, so they made a deal that they're just going to be an open marriage now. So yeah. they're we're just going to, you know. Not progressive for the time. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe not. We established everyone in the 20s were freaks anyway. I, that's ex- I, yeah. In my research, I have found <laughs> it was not uncommon. Yeah. If you were married to someone and you didn't feel like, or something happened to where you were going to be, you know, far away or whatever, yeah. it was like, just go ahead. kind of only makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's like, know. we'll never, I'll talk to you once every month. Yeah, you know? if that through yeah. through a letter that takes uh, like fourteen years to get to you. There is My no face Olivia. There is no FaceTime. <laughs> there's no there's no Zoom. For all uh, I know, you could be dead. Like the second I leave here, there's no way for me to know. If you die, this. it'll be it'll be at least you know. a few days before I hear. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not all true. They had telephones, but anyway. Oh, that's but, uh, right. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, they had they had phones, but it's still you know yeah, hey. it was harder to reach you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> and you know, at this point, he's a seasoned actor. He knows what he's doing. He's he's worked Broadway for a while now. He's ready for the fucking pictures, baby. He's ready for the motion pictures. And uh, he also so his sister and her husband. Her husband's name is Stuart Rose. They had moved to L.A. for Stuart to take this job at Fox. Actually, so Bogey kind of had like an insider over there, you know. I'm not exactly sure what he was doing, what what Stuart Rose's job was at Fox, but he had some, like, pull at the studio. He was friends with all the people who made the decisions. Mm-hmm. And Fox was casting for a movie called The Man Who Came Back. And the executive specifically wanted to go for this movie where it wasn't some big star... They were looking for, like, smaller people who were new, who were cheap. Mm. And they were looking for, like, a cheap actor that they could make into a star. I see, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this is even happening back then. This is even happening back then, yeah. Mm. And uh, it's all a repeat, mm. yeah, for sure. Yeah, nothing's all, ever changed. Yeah. Uh, they didn't even want to look at Bogey. He's way too short. They were looking for, like, a big, like, jocular dude. Mm. And uh, they didn't like Bogey for it. But Stewart got them to at least look at him. Mm-hmm. They were like, just give him an audition. So he flies to L.A., and he auditions for this thing. He doesn't get it, but they like him so much that you're not going to get this movie, but we want to go ahead and put you under contract with Fox, and you're going to be doing movies with Fox. It's just we want to go ahead and get you. Yeah, and, we don't know what movie yet, yeah. but we'll, there'll be a movie. Yeah. So they offered him $750 a week, this contract, mm-hmm. and they were going to pay for his move west. They're going to move all of his shit and give him an apartment to stay out here cool. while he works at Fox. And uh, at first, he's not doing a movie yet. He was working as a vocal coach for The Man Who Came Back, the movie that he auditioned mm-hmm. for. Okay. So now the guy who did get the role, he's going over lines with him and shit, and okay. he's teaching him how to like speak correctly. Cool. If you li- if you watch a lot of Bogey movies, he very he enunciated everything. You know, he was very like very eloquent. Well. Yeah. yeah. So uh, how much was that in modern day money? Well, it, that inflation calculator is changing year by year with this fucking depression. That's, oh, that's true. true. That is true. Give us a rough, a rough idea. That is roughly twelve thousand dollars a week 
that they were paying him. So, and that just goes to show you, he really, he had, he had really earned his stripes by Mm -hmm. this point. Like, he really had killed it on Broadway. That was why Mm -hmm. I just felt it so necessary to do part two on his Broadway career, because Mm -hmm. he had a whole Broadway career before we ever knew him as, like, the movie star, you know? How much did you say it was? It was about 12,000 a week. Okay. A fucking week. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. You know, any time. Yeah, absolutely. Now, back then, depression, not depression. That's yeah, just, that's 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 healthy living. Yeah, and that's that's according to the old inflation calculator. So, uh, you know, yeah, like Dev said, who knows yeah. what it was? Give you or know. take, but yeah, still, I mean, take. he's 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 living comfortably, I'm sure. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> fuck, seven fifty a week would still be like livable. Yeah, now. like for sure. I mean, on a on I, a shoestring budget, but it's like I would take seven fifty a week guaranteed. When I first moved to L.A., mm-hmm. I worked as an assistant for a guy for four hundred dollars a week. Like, <laughs> Modern yeah. money, yeah. you know. Like, <laughs> Today's time. If you put that through the old inflation calculator, you got a lot of trips to Trader Joe's with five dollars in your hand. Uh, <laughs> that was too personal. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, he's 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 at Fox now. He's doing the dialogue coach thing or vocal coach. Uh, it's his real thing, and uh, I just love to like everyone at Fox now is just like. He's looking at you, kid. You know, they're like they're like getting coached by bogey. They're all like bogey clones now. It's like, yeah, see. You're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna be smoking the whole time. <laughs> you want your voice to sound like this. And it was at Fox, he meets Spencer Tracy, a Broadway actor at the time who would become a huge movie star. They came up like almost simultaneously and they were friends. Okay. Um this was actually his Spencer Tracy, I think this was like his film debut on this thing. And they became friends, drinking companions. Uh, Tracy is the one who nicknamed him Bogey. Oh, Spencer Tracy. Yeah, okay, cool. that's why we call him Bogey. It's because of that. Oh, yeah. okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. He hadn't even made his film debut yet. He was also at Fox, just like doing the same thing that they had him in. So they're just, they're just trying to lock people into contracts. Yeah, they're like, this movie thing is going to be something. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna have to. We're gonna have to have stars for it, even through the Great Depression. Yeah, we gotta. We gotta compete with uh, the CAG, the new hotness over at Warner Brothers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We gotta man. lock in our CAG. Yeah, we gotta get our CAG. We're looking for a new CAG. <laughs> it's a whole new CAG. We gotta get our CAG in. We've got to get our... That's a whole new cat. <laughs> so in 1931, he finally lands that first role. It is a supporting role in Bad Sister with Betty Davis. And uh, it was, you know, it was this huge Betty Davis. This was like his big break for sure. This was... People are starting to talk about old bogey, mm-hmm. you know, especially around town for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, and then he did, he did another movie, Up the River, with Spencer Tracy... They were like inmates. Apparently, it was pretty good as well. Um, and Bogey's picture for that one was on the poster. So now he's got himself a movie with his face on the poster, Mom. You see this shit, Mom? Cool. <laughs> his mom's still like, I don't give a fuck. You know? <laughs> I, I used to draw that face everywhere. <laughs> I guess he was pretty used to his face being on billboards yeah, as a yeah. baby. You yeah, know? but he's but, like, well, this, he's like, this one I earned. This yeah. one's like mine. This is my billboard. <laughs> I'm a man now. There are many like it, but this one is mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a man now, Mama. <laughs> so he shuffled back and forth uh, between Hollywood and New York from like 1930 to 1935. Oh wow! Yeah, he was still doing Broadway stuff. Oh okay. Yeah, I so see. he would find himself roles all over the place. So at this point, he's doing both. Uh, which hats off to you. I don't know how the fuck somebody does that. But, but so wait, how's that work with his contract at Fox? 
I think they would probably just rent him from Fox. That's usually what, like, if a studio wanted you, they would usually, like, rent you out from a mm-hmm. from the studio you had a contract with. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes these contracts were notoriously, like, short at a time. It mm-hmm. was like, we're going to do a 26-week thing. Right. And then uh, we'll see about bringing you back on for a movie right. in Yeah, so you don't, you don't know how long that original contract right. was for? No, I don't know how long the original one was for. But I do have... I've got more of his contracts okay. coming up, though. <laughs> Just think about how long Hollywood has been literally whoring out its fucking talent. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. That was all. That was the game. It was like it was like baseball trading, where it was like, send me this guy, and we'll send you this guy. Oh you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like yeah. Uh, like sports teams do. Yeah, the old sports balls. Not CAG though. You can't oh, yeah. get CAG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. CAGs. Uh, we don't care who you got. <laughs> you, you ain't getting CAG. <laughs> you're not getting Edward G. Robinson. You're not getting CAG, and you're not getting Bugs Bunny. You know. <laughs> His parents by now they're they have like long separated. They've basically been divorced. Uh, at this point, and then old Belmont fucking kicks the bucket, man. Too much, too much heroin. Too much heroin. Too much uh, of that. You know, the the morphine. He went to the old morphine factory in the sky, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he died with a bunch of debt. Of course, the lumber debt. You know, he's uh, shooting up of God. Now. Yeah, he's shooting up. Sponsored by the- Pfizer. <laughs> he's got that pure angel shit now man uh, he's snorting the angel dust in the sky <laughs> the actual angel dust it's the real stuff we can't even get it down here and yeah he died with a bunch of debt to the lumber companies or whatever whatever the fuck he was in debt to at that point he's like I'm gonna invest in like the war of 1812 now there's you know? a new war coming I swear it's happening again the big one is coming you thought World War One was bad this is gonna be the big one uh, <laughs> and so Bogey inherited his debt uh, which was, you know, that's a lot of fun. But luckily, oh wait, really? Yeah, yeah. Your kids been, inherit your yeah, debt, man. When you die in debt, you know somebody's got to pay that shit. Really? Yeah, it doesn't go away. Shit, is oh, that yeah. still how that works? Yeah, that's still how it works. What? Oh yeah, oh, that doesn't seem fair. There's a show that I'm watching right now where I know these kids are about to inherit millions of dollars in debt when their parents die. <laughs> what it's show that is fucking this? Uh, Queen of Versailles show with that woman in Florida who has the? They're trying to. They call it the Palace of Versailles in Florida, and it's actually just like a white trash mansion that they've been sinking like hundreds of millions of dollars into. Never gonna get done. Anyway, those kids are they're fucked. Just, they're <laughs> fucked. Just like as yeah, soon but as you know, know, it also goes the reverse. If you're a kid and you die young, like if you're over eighteen and you got a bunch of student debt, guess who's on the hook for that oh, student yeah. debt? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Old Belmont. <laughs> but not in this case. So this case, you could really do a big fuck you to the old parents if you just load yourself up with lots of debt and not pay it, and then roll the dice with some, you know, heroin heaven material. Yeah, some World War, <laughs> some World War One morphine. Is that advice? <laughs> That's straight from straight no, no, from no. Film we, history. Also, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. So if you are thinking about. <laughs> I mean, on episode two, I told everybody to join a kid gang. So, uh, <laughs> uh, also, if uh, if you're a big Bogey fan and you know the deep cuts out there, you know uh, Bogey wore his father's gold ring in all of his movies. Oh, cool! Yeah, that was like his. He he admitted he he claimed to have this like thing with his dad, like on his deathbed, where he was like. I love you, Dad. You know, like all's forgiving. You all, came, you came to my show. Yeah, you said I did a real good racist stereotype. Yep. 
I'm sorry to say it. I think Mod yeah. was the problem, man. Yeah. Dad had a bad, you know, he yeah. had some, but man. There might have been a reason Dad was shooting up morphine yeah. <laughs> so like much. I, so now we're in 1934, uh, and he's 34 years old. It's easy to tell Bogey's age during the year because he was born in December 1899, so pretty much whatever year it is, that's how old he is. And, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. And he's starring in a Broadway play called Invitation to a Murder. Ooh. At the theater mask. I know. I want to see this. So as the tale goes, remember how uh, remember how old Blackface McGee was sitting in the theater and he saw James Cagney and he was buying the play to make a movie. Uh, fucking Al Jolson. Al Jolson oh, bought yeah, Cagney's yeah, yeah, play yeah, yeah, and that's, yeah, that's how right, Cagney yeah. like got his film yeah. start. Kind of the same exact thing happened here with okay. Bogey. Uh, as the tale goes, the producer of this play was this Broadway giant, Arthur Hopkins. And he produced multiple plays. He produced like four or five plays a year on Broadway. He was just this, you know, behemoth of a guy. Uh, he was stopping by this play. He's also one of the big investors in this thing. And he's stopping by to see how it's going. And he's backstage. And uh, Dev, I actually wanted to hear from you about this because I know what this is, but I'm curious to hear if you know more about it. Uh, they have a speaker in like the hallway backstage in Broadway where you can hear the play uh, as they're doing it on stage. You're hearing it come through a speaker in the hallway. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. it's a backstage monitor. And it's so when you're waiting in your dressing room, you know what's going on. So you don't miss your cue. Right. Oh, so like, to hear your cue. If, okay. Yeah, and uh, nowadays they have a TV playing, so you can see the the show going on as well as hear it. But back then, I'm sure it was just you know whatever the drink is, speaker or whatever. But yeah, you'd be like waiting in your dressing room between scenes, getting ready, doing a costume change, adjusting your makeup, all that stuff, and then the like the scene before you have to go on is your cue to go get set in your places backstage, right. or the stage manager would come and get you or something. But right. yeah, it's all so you don't miss your entrance. And I people see. still fuck that up. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, you got to be paying close attention to that shit. So Arthur Hopkins, he's backstage, he's listening to the monitor, and he's like, that voice, whoever that kid is, I want him for my next play called The Petrified Forest. Okay. Going on Broadway, of course. So he sent for Bogart, he offers him the role right then and there of escaped murderer Duke Mantee in the petrified forest that was about to happen and he said when he he was uh, he was kind of surprised when he saw him he was like that voice cannot be coming out of this dude you know especially at the time he was still like fairly young mm -hmm. and so he just sounded like he had lived a thousand lives but he's like this young so like he's always sounded the same yeah he is always, i think he was a baby and he was like hey darling you know <laughs> he had already smoked enough cigarettes to where he was like yeah but uh he said arthur hopkins said when i saw the actor i was somewhat taken aback he was the one I never much admired. He was an he was an antiquated juvenile who spent most of his stage life in white pants swinging a tennis racket. He seemed as far from a cold-blooded killer as one could get, but the voice, dry and tired, persisted, and the voice was Mantis. <laughs> he just like wanted this guy for his voice, which makes sense. Uh -huh. It was Broadway, yeah. you know. He's like, you're on yeah. stage. Yeah, they're gonna hear you more than see you. Yeah, exactly. The the cheap seats are gonna think you're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this was huge. This was a gigantic break because 197 performances of this play. That's what he did. He's getting rave reviews. Uh, people are finally starting to say he's like a good actor now. 
And it definitely like broke him out of this typecast for, you know, Fancy Boy or whatever. Fancy Boy. And showed that he could be really dark. Uh, he said, the play marked my deliverance from the ranks of the sleep, sybaritic, stiff-shirted, swallow-tailed smoothies. <laughs> so, to which, swallow-tailed smoothies. Yeah, to which I seemed condemned to life. Swallow-tailed smoothies. Those are the boys he was playing, but not anymore. <laughs> not after man tea. <laughs> so, 1935, old Jack Warner steps into the picture, and he wants the play. He wants to buy this play, uh, Petrified Forest, mm-hmm. and make it Warner Brothers' next next flick. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, basically, one of his contracted actors, Leslie Howard, said, I'll buy it. I'll buy the rights to the play. Let's mm-hmm. do it. So, he goes and buys the rights. It just seemed ideal for Warner Brothers. At the time, they were doing all the gangster stuff. They were mm-hmm. doing all the crime, heavy-hitting stuff. And, uh, you know, these, like, realistic portrayals of, like, John Dillinger and shit. Mm-hmm. And Leslie Howard bought the rights to the play, cast himself in it, first and foremost, which, you know, mm-hmm. like you do. Mm-hmm. And then he cast Betty Davis, and he I, I, he was watching it go down on Broadway, and he said, I'm going to make this movie, but Humphrey Bogart has to play Manti in the movie, too. Mm-hmm. I got to bring him from the stage to Warner Brothers, which Jack Warner said, absolutely not. No, because right. he's because he's under contract with Fox. No, he's not under contract with Fox at the time. But he, Jack Warner, wanted Edward G. Robinson, which mm, was you know, right? You remember from CAG? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the other gangster. We'll do a yeah. we'll do an episode on him one day. He's like the OG gangster. You okay, know? but uh, he was under contract at Warner Brothers. He had like one more movie in his mm. contract for that year or whatever, and they thought this is the perfect one. Yeah, to do. But uh, Bogey told Howard. So Bogey tells Howard this. He's like, they're going to go there with G. Robinson, not me. Uh, mm-hmm. Just so you know what's going on with your movie. And Howard sent a telegram. He was in Spain at the time filming something. Sends a telegram to Jack Warner personally that said, attention, Jack Warner. Insist Bogart play Manti. No Bogart, no deal. And so he was like, if you don't want him, then I'll bring the movie elsewhere. Whoa. Yeah, that's how bad he wanted the Bogue, dude. That's that's cool. Yeah. It's cool for someone to ride for you like that. Yeah, man. That's, I, that it always it always starts with somebody who supports you. Yeah. You know? And uh so basically Warner Brothers had their they were like, All right, fine, fucking just yeah, just make the movie, you mm-hmm. know. Uh Bogey can do it. And uh, apparently Humphrey Bogart never forgot about this either. He named his daughter later on in 1952 Leslie Howard Bogart. Wow! After the guy who like gave him his start. That's basically. that's so cool. Yeah. Wait, so, but he had, had he done any movies for Fox yet? Yeah, he had done some movies for Fox for sure, but he was they were like smaller things. Yeah, there were smaller things, and he just wasn't. He still wasn't quite there with it. Yeah. You know? Okay. And, he uh, wasn't like the leading man in any of those. Yeah, like Edward okay. G. Robinson was like. I, fucking like the biggest movie star in the mm-hmm. world at the time. Right, like he yeah. and James Cagney both. Like yeah. Cag and Robinson were the guys. Yeah. And, and if you is, ain't one of them. And this is him taking a role that would have gone to Edward G. Robinson. Exactly. So yeah. it's like, yeah. 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 And I'm sure that pissed off Edward G. Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe he was yeah. like, thank God you gave me a Christmas off. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Jack Warner says, fine, fuck it. Just cast Bogey. But we want him. We don't want his name to be Humphrey Bogart. That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> More Jack Warner not nonsense and uh <laughs> bogart basically said like fuck you that's, that's my, my name. fucking name i've been Ugh. on broadway for years now with yeah. this name yeah. you know that is my name mm-hmm. you know yeah so it was just another thing that they had to fight jack warner on 
Uh, they finally they made this movie. I don't have I haven't watched it yet. I've been meaning to watch it. I don't know much about it, but it was released in 1936. And according to Variety, Bogart's menace leaves nothing wanting. Uh, <laughs> it, it was the reviews were out. What you say according to Variety? Variety, yeah. They had a Variety. Variety's that old? Yeah, Variety's that old, man. Whoa, yeah. Dude, variety history, history of variety. Let me make sure that's true. Um, or are they saying that now? Like maybe like a retrospective. I was just thinking that too. Uh, how old? No, dude, variety's been around since 1905. What? Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's man. crazy. Were they started as a like film mag- like I a film publication? So maybe it started as a porn. You know, nah. it was probably the same shit. It's probably his. his I mom bet you probably... they had a variety of stuff. Oh. <laughs> I bet his mom was doing illustrations for Variety back then. Wow, in the day. that's so crazy. I had no idea they were that old. Oh, dude, his face was in Variety when he was a baby, for sure. They would have definitely run like a baby oh, ad ads, with his yeah, face in there. Yeah, probably. Interesting. Yeah. Well, we should do an episode on Variety one yeah, day, actually. Well, that's film history. Dude, let's yeah. do it. I'm totally in. Oh, dude, just the 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 history of just like rag mags in general, and paparazzi mm-hmm. and... Yeah. Uh, we could, like, fucking, yeah, that'd be great. Right, cool. That'd be great. I'm in. So he's getting rave reviews. Frank S. Nugent wrote for the New York Times that the actor can be a psychopathic gangster more like Dillinger than the outlaw himself. What? Yeah, man. He <laughs> Whoa. Was, he was. And he, like I said, that was Bogey, dude. Like, no, I've never seen Bogey again. I've never seen a dude who could be so scary. Yeah. But, like, so not. Yeah. Uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, you're either cast as a villain or you're cast as a hero. Like, yeah. very few people, like, kind of can move back and forth between that line. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was successful at the box office. It earned $500,000 in those days, which, when you put that through the old inflation calculator, comes out to be about $10 million. And it made Bogey a star. It, it earned him that that nice. famous Warner Brothers blood oath. Do you know? Do you know how much they paid him for that movie? No, I actually don't. Okay. I actually don't know. He probably got. I mean, again, it was probably like good money. Yeah. But to him, he yeah. really he grew up rich. Yeah. So that's that's true. Yeah. A lot of money to him wasn't a lot of money. Right. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that would come back up quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of money to him wasn't a lot of money. That's funny. Yeah. It turns out Bogey also had a lot of fights with Jack Warner. Mm. Uh, surprise! Surprise. Yeah. It was basically at the time, it was like Jack Warner versus everyone was, <laughs> was these days. But uh, he, st- he got in business with him anyway, man. He signed a 26-week contract with Warner Brothers at $550 per week, and that's about $11,000 a week nowadays. So a little bit less than his Fox contract, yeah. but... You know he's working. He's uh, he, he yeah. took a contract and he's going to be doing movies. Yeah. So so uh, question and if this is like too long of an aside, we can skip this. But there are two brothers, right? The Warner brothers. We only ever talk about Jack. What happened to the? What's the deal with the other guy? That's a good damn question. <laughs> Dev, do you know? <laughs> oh Here yeah. I mean, they. I don't remember his name, but I think they started it together, and then he kind of stepped away, like midway through like the both of them running it and either he died or he just stepped away and left i don't remember exactly it was four of them four harry albert sam and jack warner four that's right four that's right i was wrong four brothers (laughs) start a production company (laughs) uh what happened to the rest of them that would be a good fucking movie 
Hell yeah. That would be a great... Dude, yeah, yeah. the Warner Brothers movie? Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> How is this not... How is this not a thing? Yeah, dude, the studios are so self, self-masturbatory. self How are they not... How has this not been a, th- a production of other studios? I bet you they didn't have stolen. a great pass. Oh, yeah. it's probably Something... not... It probably wouldn't put them in a very flattering Oh, life, yeah, no. You know? Jack Warner, the movie has to be very honest. Yeah, Like, that true, man yeah. was... That man was... Not good. Can another studio make that movie, or is like legally like? Oh my god! <laughs> no, they can't. It's in the public domain. It's about historical figures. Oh, exactly. like public information. Exactly. Paramount. Here's looking at you. Hey, here's looking at <laughs> they, you. Kid. They won't. They won't be able to use Warner Bros. like the company name or the company logo, which mm, is going to be really hard yeah. to make that movie without saying yeah, Warner Bros. Because Brothers all of that Warner. is still active and copyright. And yeah. yeah, but they could call it something else. The they Warner could call siblings. it like, you know, Warner Studio or something. <laughs> they call That's it like... So, but, but any, any information on like, what happened to the other four? No, other no. And it, it's a lot. It, it's this not is the a big article. Of this stuff, so maybe but we'll for do sure. an episode on yeah, the Warners. That's a good question, though. We'll get back to that. We'll all get right. back to you on that. But there were four brothers. <laughs> four four brothers. brothers. Was there any sisters? No, okay. never. Women weren't allowed around that. Because uh, <laughs> I know the Animaniacs are like loosely based off of like the original Warners. Yeah. And there's Wacko, sure, Yakko, and Dot. I'm sure there were some unsung women in so, there. The, he- the eldest brother, Harry, was president of the company and ran its headquarters in New York. Albert was its treasurer and head of sales and distribution. And Sam and Jack managed the studio in Hollywood. Oh. Uh, Okay. So it so was Sam a family business. Sam Warner's floating around all these stories. Which one was Wacko and which one was Yakko? Oh, all of them. <laughs> We're both. <laughs> <laughs> and is Dot supposed to be like an amalgamation of the other two put together? Yeah, maybe. I got I got questions. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Outside the purview of this episode. We're gonna get on we'll we'll get back to you on that for sure. <laughs> the history of Warner Brothers. And uh, and remember, this is Jack would also do the thing where he basically put you on probation, and like every couple of weeks, you'd do a review to see if you were still up to snuff. You right. Know? Yeah. Uh, but also, he did not want Humphrey Bogart to go anywhere. Really, he was like, "You are the gangster." And all these B movies that we're doing, and you are going to be the guy who is not Edward G. Robinson or James Cagney, but you're going to be there, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, and that was a lot of his best roles, honestly. A lot of very good roles from Bogey came from, like I said, I mean that the the one, the Roaring Twenties, where mm-hmm. he's the World War One guy, you know, like mm-hmm. great roles. But that was what they were putting him in. He was always the gangster villain, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, not not as much screen time either. Right? You know? Yeah, he was he was he was not he was not their their number one star. Yeah, and which I imagine he was upset about. He was upset. He was pretty upset about that. And also he didn't talk about that so much as, uh, he was just, he was literally gaining this like reputation, you know, back in those days, if you played the gangster enough, they like kind of believed that you were a fucking gangster, you know? Yeah. So he literally said he couldn't even like, people were arguing with him in the streets about like how much of a dick he was (laughs) and stuff because he kept playing these like terrible people. A a thing that is, still around and I don't not fucking understand how you can be so stupid to not yeah. understand that like the person they are on screen is not, it's not the person they are in real life like so many people so many people who play villains now still get harassed especially yeah. like on Twitter and like you know like 
it's all on the internet now because it's like they, you know, they're not walking in the streets amongst you. But uh, like, it's crazy. Like, I, I, it never ceases to amaze me how stupid people can be. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Same here. Yeah, they're not. Re- they're not like that. People. Right? <laughs> yeah, <they're> very different. <laughs> and his roles were. He was in this like never-ending cycle. It was this repetitive. Physically demanding as well. Uh, at the time, you know, these were not air-conditioned studios, and he's in, he's doing like thirty movies at a time. This is the same shit we talked about with Cag. I mean, you were doing all these movies at once. You're literally leaving one soundstage and going to the next one. You know, doing twelve-hour shoots each type of shit. And it was just, it was this thing that he he thought. You remember in the beginning when he was like being an actor is just this like cushy lifestyle, oh, you right. know? Yeah. He's like, this is not at all. It's no, not this is cushy. actual work. Yeah, this is a lot of fucking work and <laughs> I'm not sleeping and it's uh it's terrible. I gotta but. memorize all this shit. <laughs> but also boohoo. You yeah. Know? yeah. It's yeah, the yeah. same shit with SNL. It's yeah. like, yeah, your job you do not sleep when you're on SNL, yeah. but also you're on S- and SNL. you fucking get the summer off. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. You work the same hours as a school teacher for a lot more money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So although he disliked the roles chosen for him, he worked steadily. He did 34 movies with Warner's, like pretty much right off the bat. 34 fucking. He was all over the place. He was just mm-hmm. somewhere in all these things. And he said, in the first 34 pictures, I was shot in 12, electrocuted or hanged in eight, and I was a jailbird in nine of them. (laughs) But he averaged his film every two months between 1936 and 1940. Wow. Yeah. Fucking working. Yeah. Uh, And he used these years, of course, to, you know, develop his film persona, Mm -hmm. uh, basically this wounded, stoic, cynical, charming guy. Um, but this was, he was just grinding it out, man. He was just in that fucking Jack Warner meat grinder, you know, <laughs> just trying to survive. <laughs> Jack Warner meat grinder. <laughs> and Jack Warner meat grinder is, uh, my favorite bar in West Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Warner Bros theme. It's like gay Batman. <laughs> you know, fun fact that in 2007, there was a TV movie made called The Brothers Warner, starring Dennis Hopper. Oh my God. So well, there you oh, go. There's our movie. Well, it already got made. <laughs> and and I found out that uh, uh, good old Harry Warner, the head of the film, actually was in charge of running it until the 1950s. And Jack Warner organized a secret syndicate behind his brother's back to when they took the company public, him and a banker purchased 90% of the shares of the stock, cutting out his brothers and taking control of the company. After which his brother Harry had a fucking heart attack and collapsed on the floor and then died two years later. Oh my God. Was Jack Warner in a competition to be like the worst person on the planet? (laughs) Like... He I, was really gunning for it. I need this. I need this as a series. Whoa. I need the years. It, I need Warner Brothers. Yo, this series. is a three-part episode, guys, because they did all yeah. the shit. We gotta do this. this is, they did all the shit for the propaganda in World War II with Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Right. They were the what? you know they got in in co- not in coots, but they got in a challenge with 
um, antitrust lawsuit with the Justice Department and the FTC after this. Like, there's some oh gnarly shit going on. Well, this is yeah. this is coming up. Okay. This is coming up. <laughs> Three-parter on Warner Brothers. I'm in. It's signed, sealed, delivered. Don't worry. I mean, it'll be a while. We'll do some fluff pieces between there and there. Yeah, just, just let them take say, some research. Say Saranara to any of us ever being in a Warner Brothers project after that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, Hey, Jack, or maybe Jack's we'll do gone. it so well, they'll be like, yeah. we're going to green light this is HBO Now show. We are not that company yeah. anymore. Um, there you go. Uh, Okay, the IMDb for the Brothers Warner says the description is an intimate portrait in saga of four film pioneers, Harry, Albert, Sam, and Jack, who rose from immigrant poverty through personal tragedies, persevering to create a major movie studio with social conscience. Wow. They had to add that social cut. They're already trying to do their propaganda film. They already did yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll make the real one. We'll yeah. make the real the real, real one. <laughs> we'll show Jack throwing people out of his window. Yeah, <laughs> yeah wow. Jack Warner, just like, just absolute monster. Oh, well, listen to this shit. So, Bogey, apparently, when you were like uh, as low down on the totem pole at Warner as he was at the time, you also would get like the shittiest shit. Uh, he resorted to just bringing his own suits because all the shit that they would give him was like ill fitted and old and like had been worn in a million movies already. And he he basically he would he wore his own suits in his film and he used his own dog to play his dog in a movie in High Sierra. Uh, because apparently they wouldn't even like provide a dog. It was just What's, it was probably just gonna be like a, a toy dog a or something. It's like oh hey buddy. Puppet. Yeah. yeah, just a puppet dog. Uh his his disputes with Warner Brothers over roles and money were similar to those waged by the old CAG. Um and Betty Davis as well. There were this was you remember when I said CAG was the great against her? Yeah. He yeah. was the great against her, but this was known as the age of againsters at wow. Warner Brothers because everybody was like, fuck you. Remember when he was fucking taking money out of their paycheck to get that governor money to run? Yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah. my god, dude. Yeah. The fucking governor tax. I'm sure I'm sure uh Humphrey was not happy with that either. No, no. Bogey <laughs> was definitely one of them that was not happy <laughs> at all. Uh but he was labeled as an against her. Um, <laughs> and he was he would tell younger actors too. He'd be like, Welcome to the suck. Like, welcome <laughs> to Warner Brothers, bitch. Like you're about to have to fight for every dime, basically. Uh, <laughs> he was not. He was not very popular at Warner Brothers. H- him and Cag both. They were not. You know, they didn't like them too much, and to the point where a lot of people wouldn't even hang out with Bogey. They were like, "Your death to a career, yeah, my yeah, man. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> keep up the good fight." But I'm not in it. So he's not bringing in as much money as like Cagney or whatever. Why did Warner Brothers keep him around? I mean, he was he was popular. You okay, know? he was. People were so loving him. He was him. still popular enough, if, if, even though he's not getting those like main main starring roles yeah. yet. And he had a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. Like he was he was one of those dudes who hung out with all the big movie stars. He was right. training Robert Meacham at the time to become like Robert Mitchum, which is mm. he was a huge movie star, you know, in his own right type of shit. He was he was just really, I think, like intertwined. Yeah, you because know? unlike Cag, he went out a bunch. So yeah. he was very entrenched in the social dynamics of, of, of Hollywood at the time. He was he was a big comer upper, you know. <laughs> he was a big comer. <laughs> he said uh He's he a said, comer. <laughs> he's a comer. He's a comer. They used to say that actually. He's a, they're a comer. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> But he said, 
all over Hollywood. They were continually advising me, oh, you mustn't say that. That'll get you in a lot of trouble. When I remark that some picture or writer or director or producer is no good, I don't get it. If he isn't any good, why can't you just say so? <laughs> if more people would mention it, pretty soon it might start having some effect. The local idea that anyone making $1,000 a week is sacred and is beyond the realm of criticism never strikes me as particularly sound. <laughs> and so that was what I was saying. He had that um, mentality. Like, mm -hmm. he doesn't care about money. Not yeah. really. You mm -hmm. know, he grew up with it. He's fine. Yeah. Plus, his dad died and left him all that debt. You know, <laughs> <laughs> maybe he does care about money, actually. Uh, but I, I, I see what he's saying. He was like, just just, be, just because you're paying me doesn't mean you own me. Right. Like, yeah, I'm not I, your bitch. I can, I can bring up criticisms. Like, you yeah, know. exactly. This is also right around the time in 1938. So now he's, he's, he's in there. He's in with Warner. Uh, and he switches on over to his third marriage now. He's <laughs> like, this Mary thing's not working out. Is, is, is this has he been married to the long distance girl this whole time? Yeah, he's been married this whole time, legally married. Wow. But uh, <laughs> so, it lasted longer than I thought it was going to. To be honest, yeah, for sure. Well, he returns to New York around this time after doing you know a thousand movies in a week for Warner Brothers or whatever. <laughs> and uh, he found out that Mary had definitely taken him up on the open marriage thing. Mm. She's like, okay, we'll we'll get it we'll get it popping then. You know? <laughs> uh, and she did. She very much. She was all over New York. For sure, which hey, Godspeed, you know, good on you. But uh, <laughs> he said it, you know, he, it was his idea, so yeah. whatever. Uh, he wasn't too pleased about it. Ah, uh, he liked it better in theory. Yeah, yeah, he was like, I meant more open marriage for me, you know. But when I come back, you're you're still here, you're still, you know. Uh, <laughs> still waiting on me. Yeah, you're still waiting on me. So they decided it was best to split ways. So uh, he said, here's looking at you, kid. And uh, turned his attention to yet another co-star, Mayo Matho. Mayo? Mayo Matho. M-E-T-H-O-T. Well, that's just made up. That's, I mean, yeah, all names are made up, yeah. but whatever. <laughs> Mayo. And I, I, Shelby did some digging for me on how, how to pronounce it. Okay. That's how. Cool. Good. <laughs> Shout out to Shelby. Thank you for the help. <laughs> he gets married to Mayo Matho, or as their mutual friend Julius put it, the sequel to the Civil War. Oh my God. <laughs> Hysterical. Yeah. He had a quote about the third Mrs. Bogart. He said, I like a jealous wife. We get on so well together because we don't have illusions about each other. I wouldn't give you two cents for a dame without a temper. <laughs> so I think what had happened was Mary really took that open relationship to the nth degree, and he was like, "You know what? Actually, jealousy is a good thing. Let's yeah. let's let's not lose that." Yeah, he, he, was, he was attracted to a toxic relationship. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, if I if I could play armchair psychologist for a second, um, growing up in a household with uh, toxicity as as much as his parents gave him. Uh, that probably warped his perception of love from a young age. Absolutely. So it doesn't surprise me that he would seek uh, relationships of conflict. Yeah, for sure. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. He, Johnny and Amber ain't got nothing on Bogey and Mathel, let me tell you. <laughs> really? I mean, maybe. They might be similar. But uh, she, at one point, she stabbed him. Oh, my God. Uh, she stabbed him in the shoulder during a party. Uh, she tried to shoot at him once. Uh, a bunch of people at a party literally had to, like, get the gun from her. Oh she was my trying God. to shoot him. Uh, <laughs> one night they were hammered and broke bottles over each other's head. 
And they were like, apparently they were constantly just like fist fighting, like fucking breaking bottles over each other's head. This and, is a, this is a cartoon. Yeah, yeah. They would like break bottles over each other and then like fuck. Like they were they were nuts. This is a Tom and Jerry cartoon. Yeah, except, except they fuck. Yeah, except they fuck at the end and it's real dark and it's very dysfunctional. Oh my god. Uh, one just time fucking on a bed of broken glass. <laughs> they nicknamed them yeah, the Tom and Jerry, Tom Arnold and Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> Yeah, the, the physical humor of it all. Yeah, if this had been made into like a comedy with the Three Stooges, you know, yeah. it was just them like breaking stuff over each other's heads. Um, they, one night at a party. Oh, by the way, they were nicknamed the Battling Bogarts when they were coming to a party. It was like, here comes the Battling oh, Bogarts. Oh God, that's if you, that's gotta be so stressful. To so be like, stressful. That's also like a badass nickname. <laughs> I don't, I the don't, Battling I don't Bogarts. want to invite them, but I can't not invite Humphrey yeah, Bogart. But this is gonna, this is not gonna end well. They might like fuck up our house. Maybe, you know? maybe they'll leave. Maybe they'll get into a fight early and leave early. Yeah, like that's and, the best we could hope for. And maybe they won't destroy my coffee table while they're at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, once at a party, they were fighting, and he just ripped her dress off and, like, walked out. Apparently, everybody remembers that one. And uh, there was a time where she shit in his bed, you know. So, oh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was about to say, the legacy! <laughs> the legacy is alive! <laughs> she started it. Who pooped she, the bed? Who pooped the bed? <laughs> she started it. She was the first one to shit in his bed. Amber Heard was just copying her, oh, you know. She was pulling an old mytho. Just like everything <laughs> else that bitch does. <laughs> <laughs> she was pulling a mytho, dude. She was pulling an old mytho. Uh, she was later diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. By the way. Ah, yeah. so as was, you do. There was actually something bubbling up up there. Mm. Um, also, and they, it just like Amber Heard, you know, <laughs> find out in ten years. Yeah, for sure that there was something going Sorry. on. Just trying no, to say no, just diagnosed with like bipolar disorder, like in the middle of the courtroom or something. Yeah, like uh, psychologist came in. He was like, "I, I got some notes." I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I, sure. I, I swear she was like diagnosed with something like during the trial. Damn. So did you did you see when she was giving her testimony? She was crying and she stopped and paused and she was like, hey, "Wait, can we start over?" And like, I, because she quote unquote forgot her lines, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's, I, can, we, can we go back to one? <laughs> back saw, to one. I saw the smile to the lawyer, and then the frown at the camera. That was pretty great. She like was like smiling at her lawyer, and then she looked at the camera and just went like put it right back on. Pretty great. Like, she's not even a good actress in any of her shit. No, dude. She's oh my god. Watch Never Back Down. It's like, I, I, how did she ever? Anyway, well, Johnny, anyway, Johnny said, your way to the top. Did you, did you hear the line that Johnny said? Like it was a couple days ago, and he was like, um, "Sir, how do you think she got Aquaman?" Oh my god! Right? <laughs> like yeah. they were like referencing something that he was like blocking her career or something. That, and yeah. he was like blocking her career, sir. How do you think she got Aquaman? Wow. <laughs> he like straight yeah. up said that like he's pulled strings for her Absolutely career. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, that is going to be the end of part three. Okay. So, <laughs> what a funny ending. What a high note. <laughs> so, part four, we're going to bring you the big meat, baby. This is the, the meat big meats. This is the meats. We're, we got the meats here at Arby's Film History. <laughs> uh, this, the part four is going to be Bogey and Bacall. And this is the thing, man. He doesn't become. He didn't become a huge movie star just yet. That's. I'm still of, waiting for Casablanca. This is like in his 40s mm-hmm. is when he hits his fucking stride. Yeah. And we've got. We'll tell you all about Bogey and Bacall, Casablanca. Yes. Now we're getting into the Bogey meat. Ah, the Bogey meat. <laughs> but hey, the, those first three parts were absolutely absolutely necessary. Super important. Yeah. Yeah. Super Ab- important. You didn't know all that shit. 
you know. That's but, what uh, you didn't know. It didn't no, know. it's it's really cool that uh, like it, I feel like a lot of times uh, we tend to focus on the celebrities that like got on young and have been a sensation their whole lives. Yeah. And I mean, you know, he's been a working actor for a while, but it's cool that like it to see a story about someone whose stardom like really took a while to get going. Yeah, you for know sure. I mean? He really like grinded this, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. he did. I mean, I, he did it all. He did it all right. You know, for yeah. sure. Uh, Cagney beat him for yeah. sure. Cagney got started immediately. But Sometimes it just takes a while, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But when he got going, it was, it yeah. was going. You know, cool. it became bogey. Yeah, that's what we'll tell you about in part four. <laughs> <laughs> but for now, where can they find? Oh, Dev, what are your closing thoughts on part three? Uh, I'm a fan of the Bogue. He won me back with part three. Yeah, same here, man. Like I said, that's exactly what happened to me. While I was doing part three, I was like, actually, you know what? I was wrong. Like, this guy, I don't know what it was. I, I There was... I'm sure he was just dumber when he was... Brawling Bogers for me. <laughs> the <ending laughs> name was like, all right, I'm sold. <laughs> the battling Bogars. That's Fucking hell. That's all, I was like, I'll invite, as long as he's on my side, I'll invite him to any party. <laughs> just a, a married couple, both famous, you know, working actors, just smashing bottles over each other's head. Fucking nightmare. Yeah, Jesus. God, my God. Like... Yeah, and we'll talk a little bit, we'll talk about how that ends. Oh, it ends yeah. crazy as okay. well. Wow. Part four is going to okay. come to a... Come to a head. That's crazy. All right. <laughs> Cliffhanger. Well, in the meantime, you can find me on Instagram at Drake Cummings, on Twitter at Drake underscore Cummings, on TikTok at Hollywood Drake. Road to 1,000 followers. We're at 888 at time recording. So let's, let's go. Nice. Uh, and then uh, YouTube at Drake Cummings, my merch store at Raging20sMerch.com. Boom. Boom. Find me at AbracadabraDev on Twitter or Sailor underscore Dev on Instagram and go to AbracadabraDashFilms.com and check out all the cool shit we're doing. We're launching, or by this time, we'll have launched our uh, first NFT drop for our Blood in the Water documentary about red tide and pollution in Florida. Hit up our Patreon, everybody. It's going. It is up and going. It's fully full flesh, baby. We got a full flesh Patreon. It's all flesh all the time. Uh, <laughs> Big thank you to Dylan for uh, motivating us Dylan. to get on the ball with thank all you, that. Thank you to our first our first Patreon subscriber. Um, yes. Yeah, it's been going for about a month now, uh, a month of content. Uh, so you can, uh, if you log on now, you can still, you know, do all see all the our April stuff. Uh, we had a special report on. Uh, on Ezra Miller, we had an industry roundtable on Giant Depp. We had an industry roundtable on the Oscars. Uh, I did an episode of Game History about the uh, the origins of video games and uh, and a compilation uh, volume one of some of our best outtakes from the earlier episodes. So uh, um, it's in month two, uh, it was gonna be more of the same. So uh, go ahead and hop in there. Uh, you can check out our Patreon series, different tier list, and see what you get at the different prices. Yeah, yeah, baby. And uh, you can also find us all over the socials at Film History, The History of Film, or FHHF Podcast. I still don't know that damn Twitter. Like FHH Official, I think. Official. Yeah. Damn. Well, something yeah. like that. Find we're us. Out. Yeah. We're out there. Just yeah. Google it. It'll come up. Or uh, it's all over our anchor and all that shit. Anyway, I'm also uh, Jimmy Deloy or James Wyatt Scott, depending on where you're looking for me. And you can also find me... At a party with my eighth ex-wife, <laughs> smashing fucking bottles over each other's head. Over here on Film History. <laughs> the History of Film.
You know what I'm talking about.